Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Association Leadership Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Association Leadership Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today on the show, we have Scott Snyder with the who's the president of the Exit Planning Institute. Welcome, Scott. Hey, Lee. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Exit Planning Institute. How are you serving folks? Yeah, sure. So the Exit Planning Institute uh, primarily serves professional advisors. So more specifically, that likely is a, a financial advisor, a accountant, or a, a consultant to business owners. And so what we're trying to do at EPI is surround the the lower middle market or small business owner with the right holistic minded team to help them grow value in their business and align their business, personal and financial goals. So EPI serves and and educates the professional advisor that then goes out and, and, and surrounds the business owner with a high quality team. Now, when it comes to exit planning for folks that are the ilk that you describe, you know, these kind of folks that have spent their career building a practice and growing it. Is there some kind of maybe a misconception of the value of it if they just kind of think like, oh, it's time to retire and then I'm going to call it and I'll just, you know, hey, hey, my practice up for sale. And then there's kind of smack in the face of Mm -hmm. you think it's worth what? Like if if you don't plan this right, aren't you in for kind of a, a really big surprise? You are Lee, you hit you hit the nail on the head for sure. I we, we talk about it at EPI as uh, very successful companies versus very significant ones. And if there's a business owner listening to the show right now, you probably feel I think most business owners feel very prideful and and very proud of what they've done. They feel very successful. They likely are successful, right? They have great people. They have great customers. They're likely kind of the heartbeat of their culture, if you will. They might have a strong balance sheet, have a good PL, might live a nice lifestyle. And then to your point, you know, when they go to sell this company, you know, a decade from now, or if you're a baby boomer business owner, right, that's maybe 65 years old, you started your business back when you were 30 out of the shed in your backyard or your garage or your bedroom. You've owned this thing for 35 years and you go to sell this thing. And to your point, I love how you use it. You're, you're kind of smacked across the face. Because, in fact, the buyer on the other end now has called your baby ugly. They're saying, look, it's either not what you think it's worth or, unfortunately, maybe not worth anything at all. And that's, a, I think, a big issue. It's a big issue across the United States and, and a big issue across the globe as many business owners, regardless of age, primarily focus in on what they're most passionate about. And that's growing their business. What they don't realize is that just because you have a successful company year over year, doesn't necessarily mean that you have something of significance or something that's worth that that's that's something that's valuable and transferable. So you're you're spot on. Many owners forget to concentrate on the end and only concentrate in the moment. Now this came very clear to me. I'll, I'll never forget it. Uh, my background's in marketing, so sure. I, I have I'm kind of paying attention to marketing when it comes to businesses. So I had a dentist that I went to regularly. Love the dentist. And then all of a sudden, you know, he got older, just like you described, probably in his mid-60s. And then he sold the practice to somebody else. And um, I went to that person one time, and then I'm like, 
why am I going to this dentist? This is a brand new dentist. I can go to any dentist. You know, I've always gone to yeah. this other guy because I've been there going to him for 20 years. Why am I going to this new person? When I And I had moved since then. And I was tri- driving to see my old dentist. And now I'm like, why am I driving all this way? There has to be a dentist near me. I didn't have any connection with this new person. So they right. bought a business and a client who was me that had no kind of loyalty. They had no... I, I wasn't invested in this new person. I always liked right. my old person. So I, it became clear to me, like, this person bought a business that really is a brand new business. <laughs> like, unless there's yeah. re- a really elegant kind of way to hand this off, and maybe they would have had them kind of do some of my work and, and over the over years exactly right. to build mm-hmm. some trust. So if you don't plan for this, and you just think you're going to just find somebody and say, hey, here's a business buy this, I got a hundred clients. You don't have a, this new person doesn't have a hundred clients. <laughs> right. No, I think you're, I think you're spot on. These are actually some of these like service-based businesses, physician's office, dentists, veterinarian practices. They have a lot of goodwill and a lot of that goodwill is usually with their people. So to your point, a couple of things, one from the, the original dentist, right? The guy that you'd like to go see what he was able to sell his practice, right? So, so good for him. Uh, I think that that's great. However, you know, if you're again in that realm of things, if you're in that service-based kind of businesses and you're approaching your kind of ideal exit, well, we have to start thinking about to ensure a good exit and a high multiple, right? Maybe your dentist could have actually sold his business for much more, but they built a business. Sounds like a really nice lifestyle company built around one single dentist to your point, integrating other, other people, uh, having the right customer experience overall, something maybe unique to that that dent that dentist that that dentist practice, uh, a culture, people, clients, systems, processes. That's really what that that person was buying was that. If you just kind of want, I always kind of you know think about it in these smaller companies that are service based. Well, you know, to your point, you're kind of married to the dentist. So when that dentist leaves, you're likely going you're likely going somewhere else. And so I think that if I was waiting to buy that business, right, I would just wait for that person to just retire. Why would I buy his book of business when likely they're tied to that dentist that you you weren't tied to the brand that was the dentistry office, right? You were tied to the dentist, the individual. So I think there's, and you see a lot of that. There's a, um, obviously a huge amount of businesses in our small and in, in our small business market that tend to have a owner operator type feel and the business is very dependent on them. So how do you help uh, your members kind of rethink the plan? Because, you know, for a lot of folks that start a business, you know, maybe they were disgruntled and they go, oh, I'm going to do this myself. And I'm going to, you know, I, I hate my boss. So I'm going to start my own practice or my own firm. And then how do you kind of help them uh, prevent what we were discussing where that the client is buying a brand. They're not buying an individual because right. when you're relying on that individual, that's fragile and it's probably not worth anywhere near as much as if it was a, if they were falling in love with a brand. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. So we would do what, so we combat that by teaching what we call the value acceleration methodology. It's a, a process that integrates three elements, business, personal, and financial, these three elements that I think every business owner has, and gives them a framework that brings these longer-term goals and strategies down into one-year strategies and then 90-day sprints. But basically, what you're saying is, and what we would call three challenges that every owner face, right? So number one, 
first challenge is, is that they actually, if you looked at some of our state of owner readiness research, we just released one in, in the st- understanding business owners in the state of Colorado. Every time, time and again, I don't care what state we're in. The first question we ask is, is having an exit and transition strategy important to your, your future and the future of your business? 95% agreed in some way, shape or form. 61% strongly agreed with that statement. But what we've been talking about over the last few minutes is their kind of their goals and objectives and way of thinking don't match that statement because they're actually not doing anything about it, which is challenge one. They actually believe it's important. Yes, they're not doing anything about it because they don't think it's urgent. Well, I'm not ready to sell now. I'll do it, you know, when the time comes Two or maybe maybe 18 months, 24 months before I go to sell my company. It's kind of like readying a house for sale, right? Let's paint the doors. Let's get this, some some fresh paint on the inside, maybe re-landscape a little bit. Let's get this thing positioned for sale. And that's just not how it works. Challenge two, that would def- definitely hit your, your dentist example, is whether you're a huge business with multiple employees generating millions of dollars of revenue or a smaller owner-operator type business with only a few people, we are all subject to what we call these five Ds, these things that involuntarily force us out of our companies. Something like our global pandemic, something like a partner dispute, a death, a, a disability, something that particularly in these lifestyle owner operator businesses uh, force us out of the uh, force us out. These content, these these unbeknownst to us things that that happen. Right. And then last, I think many owners are concentrated on generating a nice income, not generating value. Right. How many times you walk into an owner's business and maybe you're looking at their metrics or their key performance indicators and you're looking at things like customer retention, uh, lead generation, customer satisfaction, efficiency scores, you don't see a lot of things that relate to how much more value did I create in my business this month or this quarter or this year. So those three challenges are really combated by the value acceleration methodology, which is what we're teaching to those certified exit planning advisors that then go out and teach those business owners and align with those business owners to create a company of significance. So then who are your members? Are they kind of consultants that want to help folks um, exit uh, in a successful manner? Are they, you know, maybe they're already CPAs or they're already Mm -hmm. kind of in a a business that touches on some of these elements? Uh, Who is a member? Yeah, our members are financial advisors, CPAs, accountants, or consultants. So they're going to come back, they're going to come with three different specialties, right? So you have the business, so you have the CPA, the attorney, the consultant on that. And then you have the personal and financial side, which is typically their financial advisor. So any and all of those types of advisors, you can think about it as anybody that's really surrounding the business owner in in an advisory capacity is coming to EPI to get trained on how to be a better advisor, how to be a more holistic-minded advisor, and how to think about those three challenges that owners have and how to implement the methodology to combat them. So um, when should a business owner start thinking about their exit? Is it one of those things where as soon as you start, you should be kind of picturing at least or planning for the end in mind? 100%. I would say that whether you're 25 years old and just launching your very first business as a new entrepreneur, or you're 65 or 70 years old trying to more immediately harvest the value from your company and move into the next phase of your life, you should be focusing on exit planning now. We always say at EPI that exit planning is present tense, not something that you do in the future. You focus on right now. 
If you focus on exit planning right now, not only will you have a better business year over year, a more successful company, but you'll be building a business that for the is is more valuable and transferable for the future that's aligned to your business, personal, and financial goals. So the short answer is right now, we should all be practicing exit planning if we're owners. Now, you mentioned kind of a membership that involves uh, kind of wealth advisors and CPAs yeah. and, and folks like that. How much of their, their time are they spending even discussing this? You know, even if they're never a member of your association, are, are these conversations they're even having with their clients or are they kind of, you know, is the CPA like, hey, I'm doing their taxes and, you know, I'll give them a P&L every quarter yeah. or whatever. And it's like that, that they're, they're kind of on their own. Yeah, I would say that if you asked me that question, Lee, like 10 years ago, I would have said that no one's really talking about it, right? That the owner's certainly not talking about it because they're focused on income generation, not value creation. They're focused on short-term, not long-term. And the advisors, to your point, concentrating on their expertise. So if I'm the accountant, I'm I'm concentrating on the financials and the tax position. If uh, If I'm the financial advisor, well, I don't really care about the business because I'm really talking about helping the owner in their investment portfolio. And if I'm the consultant, well, I don't really care about what they want to do personally because I'm here to grow the business. And so 10 years ago, I think many advisors, although very much experts inside of their space, didn't come with a holistic approach. Nowadays, I think more conversations are being had both by advisor and owner. From an owner's perspective, last year, we saw one of the hottest markets in our country's history. High multiples, a lot of businesses being sold, primarily driven by the baby boomers who are, you know, the average owner this this year, the average baby boomer business owner this year is 67 years old. And according to an ENY study that came out just last year, they said that the average owner starts thinking about exit and transition when they're 63. So I think that the market is prime time. So more owners are saying, hey, you know, you're my most trusted advisor as my CPA. You've been around for a while. And now I'm thinking about transitioning. How do I get out of this business? How do I sell it? And then the advisors are a lot more educated uh, because the market has come along and into this, the more holistic minded market. And if you look down the generational stream, if you will, to people in their 40s or early 50s, these Gen Xers, well, their generational characteristics tell us that they're actually more focused on optimizing their time. They're more focused on investing and and saving money appropriately. uh, And they're more focused on a balance of life. And if you are appropriately doing exit planning, these things all come to you, right? We're keep, keep talking, kind of come back to this organizing principle, this balance of business, personal, and financial goals. So I think in 2022 and beyond, I think many advisors or owners are having these conversations more frequently. And I think that's why you see this exit planning space or, or exit planning profession really as a hot topic within the in the business ownership realm or, or in the professional advisory space. Now. Um... When you're talking to a CPA that uh, maybe isn't doing this right now or is learning about Exit Planning Institute, is this something they're like, oh, where have you been all my life? Or is yeah. this something where it's like, oh, great, something else I have to learn or something else yeah. I have to do? And I like to just stay in my lane and I'm not, I don't want to start being responsible for an exit and, and that kind right. of thing because I'm just, uh, I, I don't know, the mindset of a lot of CPAs are, just let me do your taxes. <laughs> you know, I'm not right. here no, to help fair. you grow. I'm yeah. here to, to help count your role. money. <laughs> right. That might, that might not be their role. So I think that a lot of people, when you think about 
exit planners, they think that it's going to be a new service line or they think about this person that's a consultant, what we would call like a value advisor, this person that actually goes in and runs the methodology. Uh, to your point, Lee, I agree. A lot of the CPAs and a lot of the financial advisors who work on the personal and financial side, they don't work on the business. So they're not here to help you position your business for for sale. They're not here to work on these mitigating risk business improvements. But what they are here to do is align your personal and financial plan with your business plan. And so though they might not run like the CPA might not come in and say, look, I want to do the exit planning. They might say, look, I want to stay in my lane and I want to work with my expertise, which is giving you good business advice, doing your taxes and mitigating some risk in that realm. I think any advisor, though, this advisor of the future, if you will, that wants to work with business owners needs to understand what it takes to exit a company, even though they might not do it. So many of our members actually don't do the work. They come in and become a certified exit planning advisor and and maintain a membership with us because they always want to continuously be evolving their thinking and their position with business owners. And so there's people that are what we call SEPAs that are these influencers and educators They're here to kind of help the owner down the exit path, though they might introduce somebody on the other side of the coin, which is the value advisor that will come in and run this, run this methodology and actually ready the business for sale, whether that's an internal, internal or external exit. I think for the most part these days, given the topics hot, most people are like, Oh man, I, you know, I didn't know exit planning Institute existed, right? It's the the running joke in our office. If you just kind of think about exit planning Institute and know very little about exit planning, you guys probably think we're funeral directors or something, but nonetheless, yeah, I think people today are, are certainly saying, uh, okay, my business owners are starting to talk about this transition, this exit, this succession plan. I'm not necessarily equipped to have this conversation. Where can I have it? And so they're turning to the EPI that you're turning, you're turning to the exit planning Institute to get the right credentials, courses, content, and community to have these type of conversations and and bring the right people in. If it's not you, that's going to go do that work. So now in your association, um, is it kind of a national virtual association? Are there chapters around the country sure. where people meet in person? Um, sure. How, how do you kind of yeah, work? Certainly. It? Yeah. So we're a global organization though. I, I think primarily we're, we're certainly here in the United States. We have about 25,000 advisors in the overall community. And 4,000 of those 25,000 have the certified exit planning advisor credential or designation, primarily here in the United States. But EPI is technically in about 18 different countries across the world. So obviously, since two years ago and our our pandemic changed our world, we've certainly become more virtual than not. So I would say today, the EPI community and the people that associate to it uh, are virtual and in person. So we have you know, weekly think tanks that allow advisors to get together and and have deeper conversations and network that are virtual. So you can tune in from anywhere across the world. And then we have our chapter network, which has about 20 to 25 different chapters uh, around the United States where people come together on a monthly basis to, um, to, to actually uh, to meet in, you know, to meet in person and, uh, and collaborate and network there. And on a larger scale, we have something that's called the Exit Planning Summit. It's the largest exit planning centric event in the United States. So if you're looking to further your knowledge or get associated to some experts within the space, the summit is a place where we bring together about a thousand people each year uh, to talk exit planning and 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 have different experiences and, and different innovative ideas along the way. And so 
Uh, we have both virtual and, and in-person options, uh, depending on how deep you want to go. So what's your backstory? How'd you get involved in this line of work? Yeah, interesting backstory for sure. So I'm an exited owner. So I started my first business at the seat in my geometry class when I was 16 years old. I probably should have been paying more attention, but I really wanted to start my business. And so I started that and was able to sell it when I was 24 years old. The interesting twist to this story is that my father, Chris, who's the creator of the value acceleration methodology, which is in Chris's, my dad's book, Walking to Destiny, we he was a certified exit planning advisor. So he was a part of the first 100 SEPAs certified back in 2008. So I knew a little bit about exit planning. And I struggled with my exit, even though my dad was a SEPA. Primarily, I struggled on the personal side. I remember coming out, selling my first business. I was 24 years old. I had a little change in my pocket, probably more so than my buddies that were all graduating in uh, college and starting their careers with a lot of college debt. And I literally, Lee, I, I lost my identity. Uh, as the year progressed after selling my business, I fell into this Price Waterhouse uh, statistic that we always hear in our space that says 75% of owners profoundly regret selling their business just a year after selling it. And it's usually from a personal standpoint, they they lost, my phone wasn't ringing, people didn't need me, there was no big challenges for the day, there was no massive interaction with people. So I came into my dad's practice at the time, and again, he's a he's a SEPA, and what I found was many owners had similar issues, and my dad was running a process that then he called uh, buy, improve, grow, sell, the bigs process, and I said, Dad, I, I think that we need to really change our model. I think what you've learned at SEPA back in 2008 and what you're doing with owners today, you've created this very interesting approach and outlook that have combined some new concepts and a process that you can go out and execute to see results and some of the original exit planning principles that were taught uh, to you in SEPA in 2008. So fast forward now a couple of years from there, Dad and I ended up buying the Exit Planning Institute, which was based in Chicago, now based here in Cleveland, Ohio. And we flipped our model. Instead of working with business owners, we worked with professional advisors. And again, as we kind of started our conversation, we felt that though the advisors on the team were highly qualified experts within their role, they weren't unified under one goal and objectives, and they weren't having cross-collaboration and communication around these three critical elements, business, personal, financial, that allowed a business owner to grow from success to significance. So we bought EPI, implemented what's now called the value acceleration methodology, and and, and here we are today. But yeah, so it's an interesting, it's always an interesting perspective for me. Sometimes I have a hat on that's an educator. Sometimes I have a hat on that's advisor. And almost always I have the hat on that's a business owner as well. So so that's the the interesting backstory of of, of EPI and, and how we how we came into this business. Now, when you uh, took it over, was it a when did you start kind of feeling like, hey, we're onto something? Oh, yeah. w- this is something that really is resonating, and people are you know getting that aha moment, and they really do understand what we're trying to accomplish right. here. Yeah, so we bought it in two thousand and twelve. And I would say it was probably about 2017 when we really took good root and uh, really started to, you know, J curve, if you will, on the on the entrepreneurial growth, uh, the growth uh, entrepreneurial growth path. And I would say that because in 2013, 
we changed up the credentialing program that our members were taught. We implemented the value acceleration methodology as core curriculum. And that took a couple of years to kind of take root. And then in 2016, my dad wrote his book, Walking to Destiny, and it launched into the market. So we were able to actually hit more people. Um, At the same time, we were launching chapters across the United States. So awareness in these different regional pockets came. And then we also had about four years under us of doing regular, consistent research on over owners through our state of owner readiness research. So I would say between those three or four kind of critical thrust uh, kind of initiatives, uh, 2017, we started to see uh, really a major, uh, I would say a, a major spike in gen- generally in professional advisors wanting to be involved, whether that was attending the annual summit, getting involved in our chapters or taking the full leap and becoming a SEPA, uh, that's really, really took root. Uh, and we went from about, I think it was about 500 certified exit planning advisors at the end of 2017 to over 4,000 certified exit planning advisors as we conclude this year. So yeah, pretty, uh, pretty massive growth. Just five years to be an overnight success, right? Yeah, that and a lot of sleepless nights. (laughs) Now, uh, do you have any advice for other folks that are leading associations and and maybe emerging associations? Like, how do you kind of attract those early chapter leads? How do you kind of enter a a new market with something that, I don't want to say isn't fully baked, but is still um, evolving? Yeah, I think that you have to have like champions, like boots on the ground, people that really believe in what you do and you're get, that are going to spread the word. And I think that, you know, for m- me, my dad, Chris, who invented the value acceleration methodology, but the founders of EPI way back in 2005, Peter Chrisman and Rich Jackham, when they started these kind of original exit planning concepts in their book called the $10 trillion opportunity, these people were really things that th- those three gentlemen were people that sparked an idea. What happened when we started to grow the membership and we had these chapter leaders that are running these regional chapters across the United States. Those are really people that carried the torch uh, and that really championed the appropriate way to grow a company. And that's through the value acceleration methodology. And I think that if I had to look at other association leaders and, and talk to them, I would say that what that truly boils down to me is being very in tune to your members' needs and your member feedback. And I could tell you that Maybe a lot of us experienced this again in, in, in 2020 in April and May when we all kind of had to look at ourselves and say, hey, maybe we were primarily an in-person organization. Now we have to have this virtual component. It really, we dialed it back in 2020 and said, we want to focus this year, obviously pivoting our company. But in order to do that, we wanted to pivot the organization in a way that was very representative to our and very driven by the members themselves and creating opportunities, experiences, uh, and creating programming that was member-driven, not necessarily top-down driven, but bottom-up, I guess you could say. Really creating a community that wasn't really about the $10 trillion opportunity, wasn't necessarily about walking destiny, wasn't about Chris or Scott Snyder, but was truly about the certified exit planning advisor and what they were saying. So really understanding in-depth with data-backed with data-backed information, really understanding your members and what they want, I think allows associations to evolve, whether that be evolve in, in growing and retaining their membership or evolve by growing through some acquisitions of other like-minded uh, associations. But always keeping your, your member in mind, I think, is critical. 
Well, what do you need more of? How can we help? Sure. I think that spreading the word around uh, exit planning is better for everybody. I think that it's truly a economic and a social impact, right? If you think about business owners in the United States and how much they power, whether that be taxes, charitable intent, employment, all of that good stuff. Uh, I think that spreading the word of exit planning, you can do that. So you could do that in two ways. Number one, just go to earnsepa.com and you can interact with all kinds of different stuff there, whether that's content, people, experiences. We have that all. And I would say go on to LinkedIn and just follow me on LinkedIn, Scott Snyder with an I, S-N-I-D-E-R. And I try to share different stories, experiences, and content. Uh, I think a pretty authentic pro- approach, I'd like to think, uh, almost daily. So check that out and, and begin to spread the word about what it means to really grow a company of significance. Well, Scott, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing yeah. important work, and thank we you. appreciate you. And then before we wrap, one more time, the website and the best, yeah. uh, just just the website would be great. Sure. EarnSEPA.com. And SEPA is Certified Exit Planning Advisor. So it's EarnCEPA.com. All right. Well, thank you again. Um, yep. it, it's so important for uh, entrepreneurs, business owners to have the exit they've kind of earned and not leave money on the table. If you do this right, if you plan for it, you're going to be so much more successful when it comes time to have that good exit. Thanks. Yeah, totally agree. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Association Leadership Radio. 